about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game, you're feeling the growth. It's time on the map, we put in the work, believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art, and slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Welcome to episode 20 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, one strike. This is Phil Kors, A2, blue belt, no stripes. Hi everyone, this is Blake Kaysen. I am an A3, white belt, three stripes, fresh new stripe. Nice. boy. Yeah, promotions a couple weeks ago. Very good. And we'd like to welcome uh, Dr. Blake Kaysen to the podcast, just for all the listeners out there. Um, he's one of Phil and I's main tools for recovery. I just called you a tool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all worse. <laughs> And uh, and useful. useful. Yeah, useful is good. That's right. Yeah, giant. Useful. Yeah, giant. Useful. Yeah, helpful tool. Yeah, that's <laughs> but tool nonetheless. And so so we're uh, we're fresh off of our adjustments. We'll post some uh, pictures on our Instagram for that. And uh, with that, welcome, Blake. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you got into jujitsu. Yeah, so I've been in there for about a year now, uh, here in February. Um, so I was able to uh, meet one of, with one of my neighbors, you know, real good friends, and I, I kind of seen him go through his process. He'd been there about a year or two, and uh, he just really recommended me coming and checking it out. Mm-hmm. And I re- always wanted to because I know the ground game is uh, just a whole other animal. So I went in there, met some of the guys, and then uh, I started adjusting a couple of them. And join join the crew and uh, never look back. Awesome. Who was who was your neighbor? Mark Yelton. Oh, Mark. Oh, yeah. awesome. Mark okay, and Mark. Very good. Yeah, Mark, another uh, one strike blue belt. We got our blue belts at the same time. Mark. Yeah. yeah. Same day. You weren't there, Phil. It's, that haunts me. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's no big deal. I don't right really harbor any ill will towards it. Me. You'll get more. You'll get more. Yeah. Not more blue belts. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but so so let's go back and and you mentioned the ground game uh, for the listeners out there. Blake is has uh, been a Krav Maga practitioner for how many years? Four years, and uh, and so I remember just bringing it back to the first time that you came in. Do you remember that to the class? No, before the class. It was whenever whenever so Charlie had out. you in there checking it out. Do you remember who your first role was with? Was that with you? It was with me. I think I was wearing jeans. You might have been. You might have been. It was it's kind of a, an advantage if you think about it. Yeah. 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 But you you won nonetheless. Well, sure, of course. <laughs> I mean, I was a two or three stripe white belt. Uh, maybe I think I was a two stripe February last year. Two stripe white belt. Uh, whenever you did that, and I was first introduced. You know, just for the, the little history lesson for the listeners, too, I was first introduced to you uh, when I came up to your booth at Denver Days. Denver you, Days. You adjusted me there. That's right, man. That was a, that was a, that was a good day. Was, uh, Denver Days is, had a lot of people out that time, that year. Sometimes it rains or, or whatever, but that was a good one. It was you hot got, that Yeah, it was really hot. I remember that. Sometimes uh, it gets that way. It's festivals as a bender, especially yeah. when you're adjusting people the whole time, but... 
you guys had a booth too, and yeah, and we're doing your thing in the geese. I'm sure that was extremely hot. It was. It was a bit warm. It was a bit warm. But it was okay. It was good. You know, anything to promote the school. Yeah. Um. So so you know, kind of with that, with your three strikes, what? Tell us a little bit more about your journey, Blake. You know, as we go through this and as we get further along in it, we get further away from whenever we were starting, right? Do you have any Do you have any times or concepts where you were, uh, you kind of had that revelation of, hey, I should or shouldn't do this, or or what was your biggest, do you feel, jump in your progression with jiu-jitsu? Avoiding pain. Yeah. It was a big one. Yeah. When uh, the elbow locks went on, you know, that's when you start kind of uh, thinking about what you're doing. As a white belt, you usually start off just going crazy in there, depending on whatever you're into, whatever you're capable of. Uh, and then that happens a few times, and you start getting the moves down and, you know, and a little bit about where you want to be. Uh, the biggest thing for me was when I calmed down after being there for a while and um, started really listening to uh, some of the upper belts and their recommendations as like, you know, there's so much to do there as a new person. Why not just focus on this one thing that we've all done, which is, uh, you know, just just survive and, and get get some really strong base and frames in there and stop trying to go for submissions right off the bat, you know, in the beginning. That's how our eyes got caught with that kind of stuff. But uh, the more I learned defense is more my focus. And that's when I really knew that the patience uh, was definitely a key factor as, you, as I'm learning. Yeah, and and that is a good lesson for all white belts is is being on the defense and and uh, you know so for the listeners out there we we affectionately call our um, our grappling dummy at the at the school um, Blake and that was because and why is that and that was because because uh, Blake used to always whenever he was mounted on his back try to shove as hard as he could yeah. up. Which is absolutely the perfect armbar position. He doesn't do that anymore. I work with my arms out all day. I mean, it's like just natural habit. Yeah, you cut that habit out yeah. though. That's yeah. that's. You yeah. fixed it. That was a. Uh... We got a lot closer after that. <laughs> Very good. Um, so we're going to delve into a little bit of recovery techniques. As we just mentioned, Phil and I just got adjusted. I think it's, I think it's really along with diet along with supplementation there's a lot to it along with stretching that you're going to talk about um, that you recommended to us and that adjustment is a key part of our recovery and, and just being able for me at age 48 to do this five days a week you're 48 uh, 48 yeah i'm older yeah I mean, that's i get mistaken for that all the time <laughs> 56 70 um but but uh but tell us a little bit about kind of how you developed your recovery routine, so to speak, and, and what, what kind of practice over the years that you've done with this? Cool. Good question. So I'm extremely fortunate to be able to get adjusted uh, on a regular basis due to my profession and how I help people. And, you know, the other docs I work with in other towns, you know, adjusting each other has really helped me, especially in our in the uh, self-defense that I've just been doing um, over the years. So that really helps, really helps me to uh, be able to move better. I mean, my, my range of motion 
is going to be much better than someone who's not they, than than someone who's ignoring a dysfunctional joint. And when you're doing this kind of stuff, uh, you're you're using your tools, your body, uh, a lot, a little more than the next guy's not doing anything. Because it's that and your work life, right? So you've got that that whole area too. So getting adjusted has absolutely helped, and I've seen how it's helped all you guys, you know, and lots of patients really. But uh, the sports a sports aspect of it is definitely recovery, uh, getting uh, where you can get out there and keep learning. So uh, also getting a good night's sleep's helped me uh, really mastering that because I'm kind of a night owl, but um, I always feel better when I have a great, a good night's sleep, restful anyway, um, and that's helped. And, you know, a few other things, things that I eat, try to stay away from. What is like a typical day, like if you're going to train? Um, if I train, <clears throat> so I'll, um, like everything, or? What, everything like recovery you do methods? related yeah. to training, <laughs> improving it, recovery? Yeah, so, yeah. Wake up from a good sleep. That's that's number one. If you're really going to train, you want to be serious. That's you start your day the day before. Really, um, try to get a, uh, a small, smaller, uh, energy packed breakfast, and I'll go adjust patients for a while. Um, and on the way, usually when I'm out in another town, I'll have another chiropractor adjust me, uh, and we'll trade there, which is great. So I'm moving great, and then is that like a secret handshake thing that you got with other chiropractors? You just it's actually uh, it's a double wrist kind of thing. Yeah. Go together. Like okay. Two X's. I got it. Yeah. Touching yeah. wrists. Yeah. I like it. I should have told you that. Yeah. Don't try it. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I'm. Well, I'm <laughs> there's something else after that that'll give it away. So you got to know that. Um, but yeah, actually, I actually am a big fan of soups. A good broth. It really it seems to do well with me in my recovery. I really like that. I look for that. Yeah, the, the broth, the collagen and broth is a really important recovery tool yeah. um, as well. It's a great little lunch. And just just speaking, you know, you, we, we reiterated that you're just Phil and I. Just to give the audience members uh, a little uh, snippet of what benefit that I've gotten from it is that a, you know, you kind of in early on instructed me on the benefits of stretching, right? Yeah, that's, and, a, that's a big one, too. And my, There's a lot to them, honestly, but once you get them all in your routine, you know. Yeah, and, and honestly, the, the stretching along with the, the adjustments, my my mobility was crap whenever I, I started going to you, and I, yeah. I think you've seen it. Um, and now, you know, not only my shoulders are better than whenever I started jujitsu, which is an accomplishment in itself, but also my lower back mobility is much better. My hip mobility is much better. And so that's the benefit that I've gotten from. Great. That's awesome. I was going to say that uh, the lack of stretching is usually a pretty common deficit I see in my patients' lives. Yeah. The train, you know. So it's it's beneficial. You see it. It's, there's, it's, simple, it's as simple as it gets. Yeah, as I mean, you do it, do do better. But like I'll tell you guys, I hate stretching, and but I, even even though I know how much it helps, you know, it's made a huge difference in uh, like between my shoulders, upper back. That's what I was complaining to you about all the time. Yeah. And you just you know you were adjusting it, but it just never fixed it, right? Right. You know, because the problem is still always there. And just those stretches to like open up your chest and stuff is made a huge difference. Yeah, they've assisted in my adjustment, you know? Right. 
always say that stuff helps your adjustment last a little longer. Man, it's it's so funny though. To me, like, oh, I know it helps, and then I still sit there and complain about actually stretching, even though you know how much of a difference it's gonna make, and keep making. And you made fun of me in front of the class whenever we instituted our stretching at Flight to Win Denver. Yes, what it's very hurtful. What did he say about you? I don't. Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> I kept it to myself, number one. You did not keep it to yourself. Somehow he heard it. Yeah, so I, well, Jeff was uh, leading the stretching after class. Um, and I think we told the story, but Jeff was leading the stretching after class, and after a sparring class. And I just kind of look around the room. And I'm not super flexible. I mean, I do okay. But you'll look at some of the people, uh, like Ashley or Gavin or something, I think we're going right away, yeah. Just, I mean, I'm unusually flexible rubber bands. And then I look over yeah. at Jeff, who's telling everybody how to stretch, and I just kind of laugh to myself. And uh, Jeff looks at me and goes, you know, what What are you laughing about? And I just couldn't help but notice that the least flexible person in the room is leading the stretching. And uh, I just thought it was funny. You know? It's the it, blind leading the blind. Isn't it, it, was, it was funny. At my expense, it was funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Total truth. But now you were doing the stretching the last time, and uh, I think that was harder than jujitsu. He could do whatever, splits now. Whatever movement it's you were serious doing stretch was way harder thing. than what we did in class. I couldn't figure it out, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> For those of you who are wondering what stretch that was, I posted about a week ago the I think it was the ten stretches for mobility in BJJ and I was doing the one stretch where it was the 90-90 and you were coming up on the opposite foot and then dropping back down. So if you want to see that, that's posted on our, our uh, posted a link on our Facebook page and so you can go and see that. Um, going through things, uh, Blake, what do you see as some of the common injuries and specifically some of the common injuries that, that, that you can help? Um, definitely neck. I see neck and rib like all the time. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Especially from, from this class, honestly. And ribs are painful. That's a whole nother, uh, approach to adjusting somebody. But, you know, if they have some issues to their, their mid back and around their rib cage, if you look at the anatomy, you'll see it. You know, you usually think it's something else and it's actually pretty painful, but you know, the rib, uh, misalignment or injury or, you know, sprain strain to the rib cage, stuff like that. Uh, that's common there. So we can help with that. Um, but, you know, definitely a common one I see even in practice, but here it's kind of a, a, a new mode of uh, injury, like a guillotine. Yeah, <laughs> traumatic. Versus a car accident, but they're about the same, if that means anything to you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, but so I'll see that. You know, when I first started, uh, probably about my third month in, I was got a nice little neck injury. It was actually a hyperflexion when my chin goes to my chest and I strained on top of that, try to push away like uh, like a white belt would do. Um, I was, so you I was were actually, just pulling your spine. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I almost, I was surprised it was still attached when I got up. But my <laughs> arms were moving, which was good. And then I felt my toes later that night. So, um, but yeah, so I was actually, I just couldn't get out of it. And, you know, anyway, so, um, yeah, so I, I hurt my neck with that and it was really sore, you know, with movement and everything. So I did, you know, my protocol, which is get adjusted, you know, absolutely keep your mind on it all the time for it to heal itself. And 
Uh, use a little ice on the area at night before I go to bed. Uh, stay away from anti-inflammatories. Uh, stay away from any of that kind of stuff because I was letting my neck heal, which is actually what it's supposed to do. You know, the inflammation process is your body healing itself. So you really want to uh, help it, let it do its job and that, that, that sort of thing. So anyway, so I hurt my neck there and uh, I see a lot of the, the neck injuries through through this. And, you know, we get you guys adjusted and it probably took me a, just under a month of uh, really feeling like it was stable again. Uh, because, you know, I'm still going to class during this. I probably took maybe a week off because I just didn't want to re-injure the neck or anything. Um, but I wanted to uh, get in there and keep moving. And you're, you're not as strong through that area. You can tell that you go a little slower. And I let everybody know. I was like, just don't mess with my neck right now. And everything was cool. I mean, it was it was great. So uh, and just, just got to, stronger over time. Yeah, just to take a pause there. I mean, that, that, that's a really good point for our listeners that if – um, if you know you've got you've got an injury, make sure whenever you're you're rolling, you let your partner know, hey, hey, I've got you know either a sore rib, and both Bill and I have been through that. They even call it jujitsu rib. Oh, you know, great name for it. Yeah, jujitsu rib. <laughs> both Phil and I have been through that, and it's a, it's a four to six week recovery. Uh, you know, it's I've really seen longer. Tough. It could be could be longer. It's the reoccurring injury that you got to look out for. Yeah. So you want you want to strengthen these areas that get injured after you get them ready and get a good solid foundation, return the function in that area so that injury can heal. And then you want to build strength around that area, which is a process. It all takes time, really. It's, it's it should be included in everyone's training. Is that that sort of mindset? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, Phil, you have anything? I did, and it left. It'll come back, though. Okay. So let's um, – we'll, we'll probably shift gears a little bit, but come back to this with, with regards to injury because injury recovery – oh, I didn't know what I wanted to ask. She said no NSAIDs, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Yeah, I don't like them. I don't either. I don't either, and I don't take them. But how about anything like uh, anything like ginger and turmeric whenever you're doing that? You Those do, seem to work really well for people. Usually the patient's already doing that sort of stuff. You know, maybe 10 or 20 years ago, you'd have a chiropractor explaining a lot of this, but a lot of the patients these days uh, are informed. Some are misinformed, which is kind of a different approach. But uh, a lot of them that are really, especially ones that take care of themselves, you know, they're really inquisitive about their health. And uh, they find these natural supplements to really uh, help them with their recovery. Would you... So you said that the inflammation is part of the natural healing process, yes, right? So, so would you say layoff? And this, I'm asking because I'm generally uh, inquisitive about yeah. it. Is would you say layoff the ginger and turmeric if you have sustained an injury, or do you think to keep on going with that? Um, I wouldn't say layoff of it. I mean, if it's helping, if you feel a noticeable difference and you're being consistent with it, I mean, it's not something that happens overnight. I don't think. Uh, that's something that your body's got to, you know, build its relationship with. And then, you know, if it's helping, if it's helping you guys, then then keep using it. But uh, you still want to be taking the wrong stuff out there sometimes, you know. Yeah. It's kind of hard to navigate, really. There's a lot out there. Yeah. And, and I posted on the... Educating on, yourself is the best part how to navigate through it. Though, so that's good. And so for, for that, you know, I, I have a couple of recommendations. And, and if you have some after I, I give mine, I'd, I'd like to know that. But, um, you know, Find Your Fitness, it's a it's a podcast by Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She does a lot of uh, 
a lot of um, supplement discussions on supplements. She's a physician. Um, and she's a bunch of the Joe Rogan podcast where he talks about supplementation with uh, with his guests. So uh, Find Your Fitness is the main one that I go to. Um, Dr. Ronnie Packard, she's very good at kind of explaining that, the mechanism. She's well-read. Um, and so that's what I use as a resource, along with other, you know, just reading articles that pop up on Facebook and other things. How about you? Um, what was the question? For for um, recovery supplementation, where do you get your where do you get the bulk of your information? Other than obviously than your schooling, your, your yeah. formal training. So, uh, banjo. Yeah. That's good. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's okay. I love banjos. You recommended to me one guy. I read some of his stuff. He had a website. I don't remember the name. Yeah. Who was it? What was on there? Supplements. Uh, just something in general. Was it Dr. Pompa by any chance? I think that's what it was. I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, you know, I find myself going to, you know, a lot of uh, conferences, seminars, you know, throughout my career. <clears throat> and you come, you, you see a lot of the uh, different providers out there and a lot of the products out there. And you really can see, you, you get to meet some of the owners and, and the guys that are uh, helping get that to their patients. And you check their integrity out first. You know, versus them just some, selling you some kind of new snake oil or something, because that's out there, right? Sure. Um, and uh, last year, I found a good group. They're called Systemic Formulas, and they do detoxification. They they do you know different conditions with different organs. Uh, they have different protocols for anything really. You know, sport recovery, of course, just your regular maintenance. They've got a lot of cool stuff out there. Um, definitely have turmeric. And yeah. Well, that, that's in my daily supplementation yeah. routine. So, I, I so if you try to it. avoid the inflammation, how does that work with ice? Um, oh, I'm sorry, if you try to allow the inflammation, how does that work with ice? Um, so you get the inflammation usually from an injury or something, uh, really from anything. You know, you, your body uses inflammation to digest food. Your body uses inflammation to heal cuts. Your body uses inflammation to fight colds, right, viruses. Um, if you're injured, you know, that type of inflammation usually causes a little swelling. Now, there's a protocol to use ice, the correct way and the wrong way, and why are you using it? So, I would use ice, uh, I was using ice, not during the day, not to wake up, not at the office. I was using some ice to get my swelling to go down around my neck so I could lay down and rest. Okay. Um, and... I, I didn't, so like anti-inflammatories, painkillers, these sort of things, your body's talking to you and it's trying to tell you to do something. And it's usually stop doing whatever you're doing and listen to this pain. It's usually what it is, it's all right? It's a great design. Sure. Simple. That's the beauty of it. Um, so uh, it helps me sleep um, and I wouldn't want to go to work, right? Or go do a bunch of heavy lifting or get back on the mats because... I feel better because I'm still injured. I was using it to kind of calm down after my long day, which is probably some extra swelling from work and the injury already in there. So this pressure creates, right? Puts pressure on your nervous system, on your spine. Muscles around there are real, trying to guard it like a weight belt kind of thing or a neck brace. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what your muscles are doing really. They're, they're constricted around your spine, trying to stabilize that injury, that re reoccurring injury. Uh, and that's where some of the pain comes from. So it really helped me sleep. 
that's where I would use the ice the most. So if, if I'm adjusting somebody, a new patient, if they have just kind of a the standard gradual onset of an, uh, something going on their neck or low back, I will have them put ice on it before they rest uh, because the, the joint itself, I find it's hasn't moved correctly in a long time. It's actually restricted. So it doesn't move properly. Usually it moves less, like it's locked. So if I start moving that, your body's going to use inflammation in that area, which is good uh, to, you know, investigate and heal what just happened there. Just like going to the gym if you haven't been in a while, you're sore the next day. So similar after the adjustment. So I'll have them use that ice there so they can get that rest as well. Some patients don't even use that ice. Um, but if, if they're like a level 10 pain, you know, they, they have to rest. So just a... It's, it's brief, right? You're only using the ice for maybe 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. You take a big break between them. You do maybe two or three applications. Um, you, know, you use an anti-inflammatory. That will uh, actually affect your entire body, not just the area, depending on how much you take and how long you've been taking it. So inflammation, it's, uh, it's, it can be good. and it's Acute inflammation, here's what I tell people. Acute inflammation is good. Chronic inflammation is bad. So, and how do you avoid that chronic inflammation? Um, figure out where the dysfunction is and why does that area keep getting re-injured, trying to heal itself all the time, or what is what is it fighting there? You know, that sort of thing. Why is your body constantly repaving that area? A lot of it goes back to diet. Yeah, and that helps too, man. That's a, another way to approach it from the inside out. You know, things that you're eating like that. You now your body takes care of uh, processes. You know, the nutrition or whatever you're taking in, really. Absolutely. You're a big fan of the intermittent fasting, right? Uh, I am. I've seen it work wonders um, with, with uh, you know, other patients of, of some of my doctor, some of my friends that, you know, I went to school with, some of the stories I've heard, and just knowing how the process works and what it, uh, what's really going on there. It's a great book by, uh, I think it was Dr. Jason Fung. I think that's how he, his last name is, F-U-N-G. But he, he was running a, a diabetic clinic uh, up north somewhere. In or New York, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, yeah, snowy area, the tundra. Um, no, so yeah, he was helping his his patients reverse diabetic cases with intermittent fasting instead of taking medication. You know, their medication, uh, you know, it's got a history of helping for a little while. And, and not helping in the end, especially, you know, diet changes. So there's all kinds of things, but the intermittent fasting really helped them. So then they started, you know, other people started doing it for other conditions. And uh, I think it's called the truth about fasting, I think. I'll have to get you that. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm going to read this on with this Dr. Jason Fung. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of info out there, actually. Uh, so they use it in sports, too. There's like a whole new... Uh, Following intermittent fasting, fasting, and then you know using um, that to remove the, the dead cell waste and all these you know kind of uh, cells that aren't functioning properly. You know, the kind of like you know thinning the herd. Really, that's what your body does for for energy, and it'll eat those cells and uh, get energy from different ways. I mean, Jeff's done it before. You know, how you get you know there's a clarity that comes with it once you get to a certain spot so then they fast and then when they replenish themselves when what they eat they go lift and train real hard because your uh 
some of your uh, your stem cell factors go up, right? They increase your growth hormone, stuff like that goes testosterone, all that stuff all goes up, stuff. and you go lift on it, and you get get some pretty interesting gains, you know, from from what you're trying to accomplish. And uh, those guys. They've been doing it for a while, so they do intermittent fasting, and then they'll do actually day fasting, two, three day. A good friend of mine just did it, uh, Dr. Dave Lipper. Also check him out if you want to see, uh, you know, some of the nutrition that he's getting into, and that he, he, he combines the intermittent fasting, the fasting, water fasting, and this type of nutrition plan that suits you and fits you, and uh, get adjusted. He's a chiropractor. And they do well. They do really well. Well, I think it goes to what we were saying before, and that is that, that a lot of people are treating the symptom, not the cause. Yeah, because the symptom hurts, and that's what they're thinking about. Yeah, yeah. And and it, we have to kind of switch to that, treat treat the cause, not the symptom, you know. And, and you know, whenever I started jujitsu, that's when I started doing to see, you know, because I was always sore and always, you know, and, and overweight and, so the intermittent fasting along with the ketogenic diet yeah, really great. took down yeah, the, the keto diet information. With that. Absolutely. And uh, so so you mentioned the right way to ice. What is the wrong way to, to ice? Uh, wrong way to ice. How about using ice too much and it's really chronic inflammation and you're not really sure what's causing it? And if, when you start doing that wrong, you might go down the wrong path or you're trying to fix it even further. Maybe overuse. Overuse is always big with anything, really. Um, but one way is using it super cold and not putting something between your skin and the ice pack and giving yourself frostbite. Boom! Amazing answer. Not yeah. Frostbite. How about that? Yeah. There's the wrong way to use ice. Frostbite. Yeah. 100% there. No. Yeah, don't do direct application of the ice. Yes. Yeah. You know, put something Follow the protocols. Yep. Exactly. And uh, so switching gears, Blake, on your in your journey now, where you're at, you know, you're proving that three stripe, three that three stripe, three stripe. You're starting to know kind of what's going on, right? You're not just flailing around. Who to stay away from? <laughs> who not to piss off? <laughs> and and how do you piss people off? What do you do? Well, I don't know. You know, maybe I'll uh, accidentally put my arm in front of them. <laughs> Outstretched like this, and that really makes them mad. I don't know. They just grab them and it's like, <laughs> but so you, know, you tap, you learn to tap like this. <laughs> it's like, I can do it. <laughs> yes, for those who are, are, are listening and not watching, it's a, a tap of you know, of the verbal type and of the awkward hands type. So, um, you know, the upper belts they do the foot tap, the you know, like, like they do the the shin on the ground and the foot tap. I've noticed it's a I don't know. I've never tapped enough of both. So. Yeah, well, no, I mean, <laughs> that's true. That's funny. But I've always seen the foot tap. That's like the advanced tap is using your leg to do it. That's funny. <laughs> but so we're talking about some of the things that you were concentrating on with with um, defense. Let's talk about some of the other things that you're concentrating on and, and some of your goals that you have. Kind of if you're interested in competition, if you're interested in, you know, Things of that nature. What what are some of your, let's say, and just for example, we all say that training with a purpose is it definitely shortens the learning curve. So what is your kind of purpose that you're going through right now, other than than obviously uh, defensive being defensive with the upper belts? 
Um, well, I'm not really looking at competition. I think about it a lot. I mean, you know, I, I would see how that would, it would, I think competition, uh, you know, in the right setting can really, exponentially increase your talents because you, you know, you test yourself to a limit to where you know what you're doing under stress and what you know, what's in there, right? You know, you know, your endurance, you know, your skill set, you know, how to see another guy doing his. And I really think it takes you uh, to another level in your training. So, so I'm not quite ready for that. Uh, I definitely um, see myself getting a black belt, trying to get a black belt. That's what I see myself doing this year. Um, I'm thinking maybe next year. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I actually, I got a wife and kids, so I'm not able to get there eight days a week uh, like some people. And um, so maybe next year. Yeah, yeah, it's a good goal. Um, specifically on any of your uh, attacks, defenses, is there something? So I'll I'll give you a for and the reason I'm kind of prodding more is I'll give you a for example. We committed last week, Phil and I to the audience that we were going to specifically train getting better offensively in the turtle position, meaning that we're the person that's on top. We have a turtle person below because we're both kind of clueless in that, you know? Yeah, we drilled it. Not pretty. Went really well, the drilling. I think we I think we identified some gaps in our game, some gaps yeah, in yeah. our game. Was uh, super lightly? Yeah. <laughs> well, who was who – was, Donatello, and who was Leonardo? Yeah. You were Leonardo, weren't you? Yeah, of course I was. You were maybe Raphael. Yep, you're Raphael. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference there, folks. I could probably be a Donatello. I'm not a Michelangelo. Uh-huh. Charlie's a Michelangelo. Yeah. Well, some I'm a Donatello. Not know. Staff. So, so kind of with that in mind, is there anything, anything that you have, like, on the horizon? Is there something, you know, is it some offense, some defense specifically that you're working on from any given position, or is it just a position? You know, uh, it's positional. A lot of it is, and how to defend, you know, the other guy, trying to do what he's trying to do to me. Because, like I said in the beginning, uh, I'm I'm a white belt, and I've learned through my my self defense and the training that I've kind of you know done over the past few years is don't rush it. Get in there and learn. You know, get your cardio and endurance up, and learn at the same time be able to do both at the same time and then make decisions. Uh, that takes time. It takes uh, uh, patience and practice, really, to, to kind of develop that uh, progression. So I know that takes time. So I'm in there, and I basically uh, want to be able to defend and survive, they say it, you know, especially at you know, the, the lower levels. It's a, a survival, especially when they, the upper belts are, you know, starting to really get into it with you. Uh, maybe second third month, second month kind of thing. Um, but I don't want to be submitted, and I, I'd like to be able to make it very difficult for that person to try to set up one. Um, not so much submit them when they're doing that, but make it frustrating for them to get there uh, because that tires them out. And then once you're doing the tiring game back and forth, that really changes things. I mean, you see the skill levels almost start to not get even, but you see like what people are attempting to get even. So anyway, um, you know, the escape, uh, really, the, the UPA is one that I like to, to we were master. We doing that the other day, Yeah, right? and you know, um, every time, you know, I've been training with it and practicing, it's just those simple moves. You know, that's what John always says. These these basic 
simple moves or something you'll take through all the way through your, your training? I don't think any of them are simple. I think they are fundamental, and I do think they are basic. But, simple, yeah. But there's a life. I mean, Marilla Bustamante. It was. It's not really a ball. I wouldn't say it's simple. It's more of a. Uh, a foundational simple, type easy. movement. It's simple, yeah. not in a negative way, but you know. No, no, no agree. As I a agree. beginner, you're going to take that move all the way through your career, so uh, it's important to have that, especially when someone's trying to kill you. Yes. Yeah. Simple, not easy. Simple, not easy. There I've never heard one detail about the Uber that's complicated. It's right. just I can't do it. Yeah. No, very, very good. And, and like I was alluding to before, Merle Bustamante said, you know, he's been doing jiu-jitsu for 40 years, and his last 15 years has been focused on the mount position and getting out of the mount position. Yeah, there's tons of them. Yeah. Just line them up and start working on them. <laughs> I think that's a – Blake, I think that's a good plan, man. I think, I think you know, you're right there. I, I would say this. I would say that – if you're thinking about competition, you're ready for competition. That's that's kind of thing. And and I will also say that uh, for those listeners out there that aren't doing jujitsu, and I can't imagine it is, maybe a couple of friends of mine. Shout out to my boy Hager, um, who who hasn't started yet. You know, because of their because of their cardio, right? You were kind of alluding it's to huge. It's huge. But guess what? It's like it's like saying. I'm sick, so I need to go to the doctor. But you know what? Before I go to the doctor, I want to get better. Yeah. Right? And that's what it is with the cardio because there is no cardio that's like jiu-jitsu. You know, you can swim, you can run, you can bike, you can do all that stuff. And still, whenever you come in, you've got to be in jiu-jitsu shape. That's what makes you better cardio-wise in jiu-jitsu. So I would, I would implore those out there who are thinking about starting jiu-jitsu. Don't wait till you get in shape. You're going to get in shape whenever you do jiu-jitsu. Yeah, plus it doesn't really matter how in shape you are. It's not going to help you at first. No, not at all. Not at all. Holy level. That it is. And so, so uh, Blake, tell people, it just a, a uh, kind of a plug here. You know, Blake does what's called the on-site alliance. He travels to different spots in the... Uh, Charlotte metropolitan area, Lake Norman, Lake Norman, Denver, Denver, Cornelius Davidson. There it is. All those, and and he adjusts people, and it's it's well worth it. I would highly recommend you see him or another qualified uh, chiropractor for for your recovery. Absolutely. And at the same time, the chiropractic stuff that I've noticed is like it's kind of like eating better, where once you're doing it consistently for a while, you may not notice it anymore, but if you stop you see a huge difference or, you know, it's not the type of thing where coming in, like I had the back issue, you know, that I was trying to fix for a month or, you know, two months of you constantly adjusting and until you're like, you know, are you ever stretching? Kind of, again, fixing the actual problem versus just getting rid of the discomfort in the moment, you know, so that kind of stuff takes time, but it's, I recommend the chiropractic people the same way that you recommend eating good or taking stuff. Absolutely. Like I, I can't see fish oil working, but I know it's doing something. Absolutely. Agreed. So, so Blake, tell people where they can find you. And, and by the way, there's going to be some great pictures of, of uh, Dr. Blake. Yeah, don't judge. Us, don't judge. Adjusting us. Uh, and, it's uh, not what you think. Trust me. <laughs> you got to meet me in person. 
<laughs> but tell people how to how to get a hold of you, how to how they can uh, um, support you. Go to your website, anything like that. Yes, uh, absolutely. So my office name is uh, Onsite Alliance. Our website is called OnsiteAlliance.com. Nice. I came up with that myself, the dot com part. Yeah, that's good. This is the same name as my company. Uh, there's no hyphen actually. So anyway, um, it's Dr. Blake at the Lake, 704-820-0147. I practice out of Denver, North Carolina. I live out there with my beautiful family, which is also growing by another stripe. Yes, congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, third, a, get a boy a this third time. Stripe. Yeah, a boy. Got a boy this time. Two beautiful girls, beautiful wife, and a little baby on the way here in June, July. Um, so I'm a little busy with that. And a train over here with Fight to Win. You can definitely find me there on random days of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so my office is over there in Denver. And throughout the week, Tuesday through Thursday, I travel around and just people at work with my mobile table. Um, it's really fast and efficient. And I'll also go to some of their houses and, you know, just families there throughout my day. And, you know, that's where I'll make my rounds. Um, we've got a Facebook page, too, Onsite Alliance. Check us out there. You know, we try to keep everyone updated and um, really actually very easy to get a hold of if you're looking for me. Agreed. Agreed. And thank you for coming on the podcast. We Thanks, really appreciate man. I, I appreciate all you guys. You know, I've had such a great experience meeting everyone with Fight to Win. Uh, just my whole self-defense team with Krav Maga, and, and uh, that's Lake Norman Krav Maga. With Nick Hughes, he's the man. Check him out, seriously. I mean, if you're serious about any type of training, or training at all, you really need to see what all's out there. And it's great to meet great people, and he's a true legend, but, but, but true. So is that a legend? Or? Yeah. It is. He, he's good at what he does. I'll tell you that much. Um, so, yeah, the Fight to Win group that I've met, you guys are just a great family. And, that, and I, I've been able to help you guys. You guys have kind of seen how I am uh, as a person, as a practitioner. And, you know, I think we've grown to be really good friends. So I just want to say thanks to John Plyer and Steve Hall with that whole group that they've all put together. And it just keeps growing. It's so amazing to see it, you know, and be around it. I've really kind of adopted some of that hanging around and being in an environment that is, is uh, good for growth. And this is definitely an awesome journey that's helped me with that. So, Well, jiu-jitsu helps you off the mats as, as yeah, much as Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. Mats. I was going to ask you, like, how jiu-jitsu's helped you at work, but clearly it's because you met all of us yeah. and now we're your patients. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. Taking more vacations now. <laughs> I got a new car and everything, so it's great meeting you guys. Uh, no, that's good. Thank but you. You relieve stress big time on the mats. Yeah, agreed for sure. Agreed. And Philly, tell the folks out there how they can support us. Uh, Instagram is the most popular way, obviously, because we take great pictures and uh, the captivating. The uh, YouTube page, we're putting all the videos up now. We're doing it on YouTube Live, so great job. This was live, Blake. Did you know? I did not know that. There you yeah. go. It'll be great. It's not live. It will be It gets next better. Time. I'm looking forward to our next interview when we talk about stem cells. Yeah, yeah very good. Ooh, a little primer for The new fountain of youth. Is it really what it says it is? I'm curious. Jeff's getting into the We need an expert. So we'll we need we need a guinea pig. That's you. That's yeah. Jeff. Dr. Evil over here. <laughs> and we need an expert. That's me. 
And he he can be an expert on anything. I watched a couple podcasts. I yeah, think I know. He's a YouTube expert, actually. actually. Those yeah. are the best ones around, <laughs> for sure. And uh, folks, we've got uh, on the website bjjcampaignpodcast.com. We've got uh, our BJJ campaign T-shirts that uh, Toro BJJ made up for us. And we'll be at the Toro Cup March 30th. Yeah, anybody who wants to come out and Total. meet and train with the campaign, we're going to be training probably that Friday evening, I would suspect, whenever we go up there. I um, think we're doing a podcast Friday evening, but we'll see how it we'll, goes. We'll do both, Phil. I mean, we, we don't have to do one or the other. All right. Right? I mean, we, we can do both. All right. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll be at the uh, Toro Cup supporting uh, Joey Plyler and his match and, and all the folks uh, there. Joey. So happy, happy to be part of that. And uh, go on and, you know, like us, leave us a review, if you will. That would be a great help to us. And if you're not out there to make yourself better each and every day, go out there and do something. Me and Phil and Blake, we choose jiu-jitsu. We hope you do too. I'm about to feed him to the sharks right now. Kill him right now. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the map. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll.